in this meeting. Please, all of you go back and let them hear me. Because those children, especially these ones I see, they are adults. They understand what I teach. And more than some very matured adults in this house. So, children, you write down as I teach you this morning. Somebody had a vision. Two people. One in America and one in, in, in London. They saw cathedral full of these children. And there was no seat for an adult. When vision come out twice, then I think God is speaking very loudly. And the whole church was jammed. The, the other person in America had never been to cathedral before. She said that she saw that the cathedral was jammed and the children were listening to the message and they were writing down as I was speaking. And I vow to God that in this season I'm going to invest my life a lot more into those children. I'll be going to their classrooms. I'll be looking at the things they are taught. I'll be setting exams for their teachers, you know, to know what they know. And I'll be checking and testing the maturity of those who teach those children. So that we are very sure that uh, those children are not treated like um, um, some people do. They will be teaching children as if they don't have knowledge. I want my children to be taught, to be given bones, to crack. What I want to talk to you about today is this. I was thinking about you and my heart loves you so much. This church. But I have a worry in my spirit. My heart loves you so much to the place whereby I don't want any one of you to be unsuccessful. I don't want anybody. I want to see everybody very successful to the maximum capacity of success allocated to you by heaven in my lifetime. And I don't want anybody to be in a regret. I want to see everybody happy. But while I was conversing with God about this, he told me to teach you the things that hinder people of God from enjoying God's benefits. Why should God's children not see the fulfillment of the word on a daily basis? Why should you enjoy God in some areas of your life and many, part, many areas of your life look unfulfilled? You know, in this season we are going to be placing ourselves in the same position with the apostles of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And we are going to be looking at the things that hinder us. Because it's not a problem with God. It is with us. A student who fails is not the problem of the lecturer. It is with the student. I was reading an understanding of a university or, you know, of a lecture, you know. And the, the university said that the, the rule to their students is this. What the lecturer cannot do for you, you got to do yourself. That is your expectation in the university, is that you want to look for the things that lecturer are not to do. And what the lecturer is not to do as a duty is the duty of the student to do. And the student will not do the duty of the lecturer. So what does the lecturer do? He researches, you know, very widely, and he gives you information. He teaches you and gives you several information, 
and help you point you to his research so that you can go and do more research so that you know the sources he got his information from and you can go and research the source. And the intention of the lecturer is to make you like him and probably better than him at the end of the day. And I discovered that it's the same principle with the Bible. Let me ask you this. We are looking at the life of Jesus as disciples in the church. I will, I will call some of you who have been seen in the discipleship prayer to come and just ask you a few questions about you, you, you know. I will ask you who among you spend this midnight praying for this meeting. Don't raise your hand, but I will ask you to answer me in your heart. Now, if Jesus was a member of this meeting this morning, what do you think Jesus will do this midnight? He will pray for the service. What will he pray for the service? The will of the Father. He will seek from the Father. What is the intention of the Father? To gather people together today. I will together now. And one of the things that we are adopting right now is this. We don't, we don't, we want to flush ourselves of the ways we have risen last year, up to last year. We want to flush ourselves of the ways we have done things up to last year. Forget about what you didn't achieve or what you achieved last year. But now we want to adopt Christ. That's the meaning of disciple. We want to take the position of Jesus Christ apart from going to the cross. We want to look at what is the key that gave Jesus success with the Father. So that we also can begin to behave like him. And if we behave like him, then what happened to him will happen to us. Look at the book of John chapter 5, verse 19. Let us look at that very quickly. I want the person on that board to be very fast. John John 5.15 Because I'm going to preach some in the crusade as I leave here today. It says John 5.19 Jesus gave them this answer. Why would Jesus give the answer? Let's look at the verse before it. Every one of you disciples should have known this story. Yes? Stop. Now, what story is in this chapter? Someone tell me in this church. What story is in this chapter? I'm testing your ability of really being a disciple. There are some stories in the Bible you must know them normally because we are investigating who? This month? Who are we investigating? Hey, look at me, man. Who are we investigating? Good. We're investigating Jesus. That's what we're doing these very 30 days. His humanity, his calling, the way he behaved, the way he thinks, the way he approached things. From his age as 12 year old to 30. So that we can begin to do the same thing. And what is the brain behind the power of Jesus? What is the brain behind the supremacy of Jesus Christ? That's what we're investigating. So, there are some stories of Jesus you should know where it is. Tell me what is in this story. Don't look at your Bible, look at my face. 
You don't expect it. The man, you are, what is the name of this place? Bethesda building. If this place is Bethesda building and you don't know John chapter 5, what will you know? <laughs> are we together? Someone says cathedral, I will test you on the name of cathedral now. Is Ebenezer, you tell me where that is in the Bible. <laughs> Hallelujah, somebody. Let me say something to us. I ask you the question because I wanted you not to forget. You must fall in love with Jesus. Anybody you truly love, you investigate. Not only that, you know him well. So that you can defend him. And your, your way of reading the scriptures in this house, I want it to be like that. There are some stories you must know. The story of the woman with the issue of blood. Yes. The story of blind Bartimaeus. He's often spoken, even some unbelievers quote it on the BBC. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the story of uh, Jairus. The story of the boy who was delivered, who had like epileptic fit. Yeah. Mark 5, Mark 9, Mark 10. We mustn't forget all this stuff. But look at this. is the story of a man who was older than Jesus in his sickness. The sickness of that man was older than Jesus Christ. The man had been sick and bedridden for 38 years. And at this time, Jesus was just in his 30s, early 30s, maybe about 31, 32. Hmm? So Jesus healed the man. And let's read. Because Jesus healed the man, for this reason the Jews tried all the harder to kill Jesus. Because he healed the man. Not only was he breaking the Sabbath, but he was even calling God his father. Alright? Making himself equal to God. So verse 19 says, They asked Jesus, of course, what authority does he have to do this? Jesus gave them this answer. I tell you the truth. The son can do nothing by himself. Do you believe that? Say amen. Everything that you are today, you don't think it's your effort. I help you understand there are people better than you in what you do. And they are under you in your position. Okay? You determine their faith, but they are smarter than you in the same field. There are people who are very widely read more than us, but they don't have job. And if you are doing business and you are succeeding, there are people who are doing who are bigger businesses, but they are not succeeding. So therefore, there is nothing that we can do. Without him. That means that he is the one who blesses our efforts. To make us what we are. I will take you through some things briefly. It says the son can do nothing by himself. Unless you come to the place of nothing. You cannot have something from God. That is you must empty yourself. For God to fill you. And you must give the glory all the time to the God who lives forever and ever. For every achievement and accomplishment that you have. 
For he can do nothing without him. And he says, he can do only what he sees the Father doing. Now we are talking now about a higher dimension. God wants to show you everything about your life. God doesn't want to put you in darkness. He wants to reveal to you your tomorrow and how to get there. He wants to reveal to you the solution to every problem that is facing your life. God wants to answer every question that you can ask him. Alright? Because as he is to the first son, so he is to the second son. The second born. We are the church of the second born. Now he says, Jesus said, He, he can only do what he says the father doing because whatever the father does, the son does also. You will get there in these 90 days. But do what I tell you. It's easy. But you must do what I tell you. <laughs> when you are able to know the future before the present, it makes a difference. Let me tell you something. I told you on the first of this, this month that recession, the third recession will happen this year. Did you remember? Have you been listening to the news? Did you hear what the Minister of Exchequer said? Somebody came to me who is a property investor. And we're chatting. And I told him, let me give you an advice to make money this year. Any house that is in the 500 range, don't buy them. Because in a short time, those who buy them will sell them for cheap. He said, what are you talking about? I said, God is talking to me. Okay? Because those houses that are selling for far and something, write what I'm saying to you now. In a short time, they'll be sold in auction. Their price will go down to about 200 and something. Because interest rate will increase. Many who bought them will not be able to rent them out because the salaries of the people are not increasing by the rate of interest rates. So they will not have anyone to hire those or rent those buildings. Okay? And because they won't have someone to rent those buildings, what happens? Tenants will get out of the building. There will be a lot of breach of contract. And then those who bought them because they want to hire them out will have no one to pay for them. And they cannot pay for them because they have no headroom to fund it. They didn't buy cash. They bought it raising mortgage. So there will be a lot of problems in the banks. And the banks will have to call for those money. The bank will have to write off a lot of debts because they will not be able to make it. Nobody will buy them. If you buy a house within 200 and 300 and something per thousand, you will still be able to manage because the third recession must happen. And God told you, when it happens, wealth will be transferred to the hands of the righteous. I love it. I love it. I love it. God knows how to deal with the greedy and confuse their intelligence so that the faithfuls will rule the economy for a while. Now, if you look at the television, is is going on. They are talking about it from the same person. I was I was very 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 much happy or uh, excited when I heard on the BBC and the BBC said that China is now ruling or running seventy seven percent of global exports. I said, yeah, God God got it here before China got there, <laughs> and He told us the year and He told us what will happen. They have gone beyond two thousand and ten now, two thousand and fifteen. 
God said 2010, they will rule the 75% of economy. But now, 2015, they have got to 77%. Hallelujah, somebody. You think those things are happening just for happening's sake? No, God told us, you can know your tomorrow. That's why we are God's children. We can know tomorrow. Are we together now? But let's see something here, a principle. It says, because whatever the father does, the son does also. The next verse, please. It says, for the father loves the son and shows him all he does. Yes, you, to your amazement, he will show him even greater things. Why did the father show the son? He loves the son. Does God love you? Yes. Because he loves us. Because he loves us. I'm telling you the heart of God for you. God doesn't want you to be caught unawares. Let nobody sleep. Because I see one head bowing. I slept at four because I've gone back to my lecture. And after I submitted my, my assignment on conflict of law in business and commerce by 4 a.m. this morning. And I'm preaching here and I'm going to Virginia Waters to preach. So don't sleep. If you feel like sleeping, it is your decision. It's the decision of your mind that makes you sleep. Hallelujah, somebody. Am I not saying the truth? As I said, I've been working all night. I had to work all night. And I'm working and I'll keep working. Hey, I will break down. Break down first and then we'll break you up. Hallelujah, somebody. Your body cannot break down until you tell him to break down. Now let's go a little bit further. Amen. To your amazement, okay, God will show you greater things. God doesn't love Jesus more than he loves you. And anyone that God loves, this Principle tells me, God wants to talk with you. Like your father will. He wants to show you things. He wants to tell you who he is. He wants to tell you the provision he made for you before you go out. So that you will not labor for nothing. He wants to tell you, don't burn your energy over what is not. That course you are going is not the right way. Look, this is what you should do. Now you have strength in you, but you are using it wrongly. Look at this, consider this, consider this. So that your little efforts will give you astronomical manifestation. For everything, God wants to do that. Because God loves you. Anyone God loves, he wants to reveal things to But do you know something? You will now begin to ask me, but what am I not seeing? Oh yes, you know. Let me establish a little bit more about the fact that God is willing to show you things. Okay? No, 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 I'm not going to that verse. Go to the book of Romans for me. Chapter 8, verse 30. God is willing to, to, God loves you, and is willing to reveal many things to you. That's what you learn from that. Alright? It says, and those he, pre- he predestined, he, al- he also called. Those he called, he also justified. Those he justified, he also glorified. And all those things are past tense. Aight, 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 yes? So it means that there is a glory that has been given you already, but you are yet to manifest this. 
That's a justification that is given to you, and you have to work in it. I would together now. You have been justified. You have been glorified. Now, combination of that applies to the next verse. Look at what the next verse says. What then shall we say in response to this? How, how can you respond to this privilege? Listen to me. It says, this man can understand. If God is for us, who can be against us? Think about it. If God be for you, what can confront you? I was telling them in the crusade yesterday, that two days ago, I hate people who talk about, you know, analysis about demons or classification of evil spirit. Nonsense. I don't want to know about demons. If I want to know about demons, I'll go to witchcraft convent. I'm in the house of God. I want to know about the love of God for me. It doesn't matter who demons are. It doesn't matter how big or how small they are. In their kingdom, they may be stupid. Of course they are. And they could have hierarchy. It's all deceit. The Bible tells me, if God be for me, who can be against me? Whether they call him Lucifer, they call him devil, they call him demons, he's irrelevant to me. God who made him is with me. If God be for me, if God is with me, if God lives with me, if God lives in me, forget it. All the problems around your life that you focus on, garbage them. They are no problems. Focus on the one that is in you. That's what God is saying. I don't care what is going on around me. I care very much about who is with me. Who is on my side? God. Then, who shall I fear? Or whom shall I be afraid? David says, if God be for you, who can be against you? Oh, my boss is not, is not happy with me. My boss is attacking me. It's not, there's no problem. Just thank God for the attack. Hallelujah, somebody. When you go back the next day, after you have thanked God, God will deal with it. Yeah? I met someone who said that apostle, you know, thank God, and I came to this many. It was yesterday, you know, a white young lady. She said to me that she, I've been having some, some attacks in my dream. Nightmares, you know. He said I was confused. And I began to think that, he, you know, where is God, by the way? And you know, when I was preaching yesterday, I told them that some people, when you have some circumstance around you, you begin to say, why me, God? You are already the one. Your problem is you. Why are you asking God, why me? About it's just like you put on your 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 what you call this jumper, and then you come to there and say, Apostle, why me putting on this jumper? Why me? Why only me jumper? You decided to put on your jumper, and it's yours already. You can ask me why are you putting on what you're putting on. I can ask you why I have the problem. I have my problem. My problem is my problem. It has no business with God. Are we together now? Why me, God? You already. It is your portion of the cake. Hallelujah, Zamba. Something already happened to you. You can ask God why. It has happened. Why is not your business? Your business is what next? And that's what God is interested in. Maybe, you know, the problem came because I was just stupid, a little stupid, you know. So I got it. No problem. Maybe I was blundered. Yeah, no problem. I blundered and it came. Maybe somebody caused it, you know. 
And somebody didn't like me. They don't have to like me. Because they wanted to kill Jesus, I just read it to you, isn't it? Because he killed somebody. <laughs> they're going to kill him. <laughs> he hit somebody and they're going to kill him. <laughs> so I don't care. What do I care about? Lord, in these circumstances, I'm here already. What next? And he will reveal to you all things. It's your attitude towards your circumstances. Whether you still acknowledge that God is with you. Though the situation around you is sour. Whether you are one of those who blame God for every bad thing you did. And when you reap the seed, the fruit of what you have sown, you blame God for it rather than say, Lord, I thank you. I have messed up. And Lord, I'm being punished. Thank you for the punishment. Father, please, I know you will have me. Like David said, let me, God give him option. Shall I let devil deal with you, your enemy? Or shall I deal with you? He said, let me fall into your hands, O oh God. Because I know that when you deal with me and I beg for mercy, you will have mercy on me. But don't let me go to the hands of my enemy because he will never have mercy on me. Hallelujah, somebody. You know, that, that kind of, that kind of behavior is what God will cherish. Uh, he blew himself up and he recognized that he messed up. And he's been punished. He recognized his punishment is from him. So then, why should we allow him to continue? He learned the course already. And God took him out of it. If God be for us, who or what can be against us? Now, the last verse that, the next verse in that scripture says, no, go back to 31. We read just 30 now. We read 30, isn't it? 31. Yes, 32. Now, what is it 32? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us, for us all, how much, how will he not also, along with him, graciously, you know the captivating word in that is graciously. Not just sparingly, sparingly. He gives you abundantly. All things. Now listen to me. The first scripture I read to you from John tells you that God wants to reveal to you all things. This scripture tells you that God wants to give you everything. So why are you struggling with many things? And that's where I want to stop before I leave you. Why do we struggle with many things? Okay, let's go back to John 5. The next verse. And the next verse. We read through this. But just as the Father raised the dead and gives them life, even so the Son gives life to whom he is pleased to give it. Let's go back to that 19 again. He says in 19, Jesus gave them yes, I tell you the truth, the Son can do nothing. By himself, he can do only what he sees the Father do because whatever the Father does, the Son does also. And 20 says, for the Father loves the Son and shows him all he does. For the Father loves the Son and shows him all he does. Why did the Father love the Son? John 10, 17. What does he say? Shall we read it together? (laughs) 
Brother Fred, this is for service, isn't it? We need some coffee? Or cappuccino? Let's read again now together. Now let me say this to you, therefore. The father loves the son, but the son also loves the father. To the place we are, when the father sent the son suicide mission, he didn't shrink from death. God sent him to die for what he did not do. How much can you die for your brother in this church? I'm not talking about word of mouth, but in action, in your heart. How much do you wish someone beside you to be successful? How much do you weep when you see any bad thing happen to a member of this household? How much could you give in sacrifice of your time just to help somebody? Are you one of those who love yourself so much? That you think that you can inconvenience yourself for others to be convenient. If that is you, no wonder you have determined the ratio of love by yourself. Do God open his arm abundantly to you? Let me say this to you. First Corinthians 12, 4 tells us about there are many kinds of gifts, and in verse 7 it says, To each other, the manifestation of the gifts is given to serve others. So, if you want God to give you healing, you must somebody who have passion when people fall sick. That Lord, why should they? And you pray and you fast just for them to be healed. And God says that you will use the gifts judiciously, He gives you. Oh, somebody wants God to bless him and make him rich. It is by you in your poverty given. Looking for needs of others and meeting it. Going hungry so that others can be full. Financially. Oh, I don't have much. If you don't give, God will never give you. If you say, when I have, I will give. You will never have. But if you give the little that he gave you, God will say, that. oh, if I trust this with money, he will do my will with it. You know, to be a minister of the gospel, as a minister of the gospel, to be successful, <laughs> if you don't have the heart of Jesus, you can be successful unless you are a fraudulent man, like many are fraudulent now. You can make money by fraud, but before you die, you will regret it. Everything will go. You can fool people for a while. You can fool, fool them for their lifetime. Eternity. Are you with me now? God will deliver his sheep from the wolves. But if you want God to bless you with a gift, alright, begin to adopt service with that gift. You want to see vision and hear God. How much do you pray for people? If you don't pray for people regularly, God has no business to talk with you. What is he going to tell you? God is looking for someone to stand in gap in the midnight. You are snoring all night. Haven't you read the Bible in the book of Luke 6 that Jesus prayed all night? In Matthew 14, he prayed all night. 
He prayed all night the first time, then he went out and he named the disciples. He prayed all night the second time, and he went out and he walked on the water. Do we think that we'll do different to our senior brother, Jesus, and still get the same benefit with him? That's why we're struggling. You have to die to yourself. Completely. I told them a statement yesterday. I have five more minutes. That one of the things I learned with God is this. You know, someone asked me before that, Apostle, what gives you boldness to go and see, meet all these killers? You go to where they kill them and, and you are not afraid? You are not afraid? What about if they kill you? You know what I said? I don't have life to be killed. Fact. I died long ago. I can't die twice. From the day you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you die. Look, there are four. If you die, whether you have money or you don't have money, it has nothing to do with you and God. No money you fast. There is money you celebrate. No clothes. You wear just one clothes and that's it. Oh, someone is looking at me. It's his business. If you look at me, thank God for your eyes. God give it to you to be looking. Keep on looking. I wear the same shoe every day. I wear the same clothes every day. It doesn't matter as long as it's clean and neat. I can wash my clothes until it's torn. I keep on wearing it. I keep on washing. That's what God gave me. I celebrate it. I don't care how you think about me. I celebrate it. Oh, someone says that it doesn't look good. I don't have to look good to you. As long as I look good to myself. That is what I have. That is the limit God has blessed me. I rejoice in it. Oh, I live in a ranch house. doesn't matter. Somebody has to live somewhere. If my house is so small, that's what God has given me. I celebrate God with it. And if I live in a mansion, it doesn't matter. I don't want to be like someone else. I want to be me. And thank God for everything that me is. Are we together now? You will not be able to understand what I'm saying until you are dead. I'm not talking about physically dead, but a living dead. Once you accept Jesus Christ, you're a dead man. They shoot me, I don't die. I just transform. If God allowed the bullet to pass through me. If I went to a witch or a, a wicked man and said, that, repent in the name of Jesus. And he took the charm and he hit my head and I dropped down and my corpse is taken away. I didn't die. I only changed states. He didn't overcome me. God only permitted it as my exit point. So someone says that, oh, the devil is making me not to prosper. Who said that to you? Life from the pit of hell. Did you not read the book of Isaiah 54? No weapon for against me will prosper, and every stone that lies against me shall be condemned. Deuteronomy chapter 28 verse 7. He says, I will cause your enemies to come against you to fall before you. They will come against you when they will run in seven directions. Do you think the Bible is lying? Come on now. Satan don't overcome us. Even when, if God permits the devil to, uh, to make you exit your body and people call you dead, he didn't overcome you. He only allowed him to be your exit point to hell. With that mentality, we can go to the Boko Haram of Nigeria and overcome them. We can go to the ISIS in Syria and overcome them. Are you with me here now? Is there somebody who loves this life so much? Reason my father loves me is that I gave myself. 
You want to, you want God to show more love to you? Give yourself, give yourself, give yourself. Prayer don't miss it. Evangelism don't miss it. Someone in the hospital say, go pray for them. Take out of the pennies you have in your pocket, give them. Five pounds is a gift. You don't have to worry whether it's too small. That may be the, the main thing somebody needs at the time God ministers to you how to give him that money in your pocket and it's five pounds. And you think some people have money? Someone can put on shirt and tie and suits and come to church. Doesn't have money to go back home. Do you know that? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. A rich man may need one pound and he doesn't have it. <laughs> and if he didn't give that one pound, it would bring shame on him. And he's looking for it. Blessed is the man who walked around his path with one pound. A poor man who had just coins in his pocket. And the rich man said, can, I, can you borrow me one pound there? Who? In your Rolls Royce? Please, have it. And he says, alright, you join the company of Rolls Royce guys. Because this one pound will have put me to shame. <laughs> Hallelujah, somebody. Give your life. Finally. What about the devil overcoming you? Look at the book of Second, yeah, Second John, First John, really. I love that. First John chapter five, verse eighteen. First John chapter five, verse eighteen. What does it say? Shall we do together, please? Did you see that scripture? There are some of us Satan can't just touch us. <laughs> that is you. Why are you looking at me like that? I'm going to send you to to where should I send you folks? I wish that I have a big jet and I put all of you there without knowing where you are going. And then we go and when we arrive we just say well we arrive here you are very welcome to to <laughs> to <laughs> Syria, <laughs> the ISIS region. <laughs> then I hope all tongues will not see at that place. Listen to me. The Bible says that we know that anyone born of God, this is annoying, does not continue to sin. That is to predetermine the sin. Okay? That's an act. The one who was born of God keeps him safe, which means the Holy Spirit in you keeps you safe. And it says, and the evil one cannot harm you. So where do we see all these people who say that I was, I was, I was driving, you know, a few days ago behind the, the red bus, London red bus, and I saw a minister there who had been seen on bus number 52. And I drove closer. I've been seeing this man on that advert for more than six months. Throughout last year. I drove closer to read about him. And he said that deliverance from something power and removing of evil marks. And I said, this guy should be sent to jail. I'm going to say it on television. Maybe the government will listen to me and the legislation shall be made for misleading the innocent. Because I will want him to come to law court and explain to law court the meaning of evil mark and how that 
can come upon a human being. Show me in your manual of practice the Bible. What is the word evil mark? So if you cannot show in the Bible evil mark, and also the process by which evil mark come on people according to the Bible, then he must be contravening the laws of his God. So they should sentence him to jail life imprisonment. I will together now for misleading the innocent, deliberately misleading the innocent. There is no evil mark anywhere. Not to a child of God. This scripture tells me the evil one cannot. Which means that he does not have the capacity to do so. Even if he has the willingness to do it. They say something in my language. Abanikonda ikonle mokuta. Did you get what I'm saying? I just said abanikonda. <laughs> Answer me now. I said Abanikonda Ekonli Mukuta. You are looking at me like that. Oh, you're looking at me. I'm singing in songs. You know what I'm saying to you? Someone here can just say, I'm the Prime Minister of England. Well, everybody here, rise up. Shall we debate this proposal of an article? I submit to the House. Does that make him the Prime Minister? No matter what noise you make here, it can't make you Prime Minister because, you see, to be a Prime Minister goes through a process. It's not just by somebody standing up and saying, I am the Prime Minister of Great Britain. Really, if you say too much and the police catch you, they take you to a mental home. You may have the will, but you do not have the capacity. So, as it is mad to a man, to see on the streets of Great Britain, do you know that I'm Cameron? I mean the Prime Minister Cameron? Why you are not? And it will look insane for a man to do that. It is insane for any witch doctor to say, I can mark you. That is the scripture. He may have the will to do it, but he has no capacity, no power to do it. Because the Bible says, we know that anyone born of God does not continue to sin. The one who was born of God keeps him safe. And the devil or demons cannot. He didn't say they may not understand the word of God. They can only brag. They haven't got the capacity to do it. Huh? So if you are going through any hard time, don't say the devil. Check what you've done wrong. Devil wants you to always accuse him so that you can keep on suffering. The day you sit down, I say, and I will go back to my father, and I will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against you and against heaven. That is the day you get redemption. Nigeria needs to hear this. God will bless all of you. I've been telling God that I need millionaires more to be raised in this house who will just go and pay to channels in Nigeria. He covers the whole of Africa. So that the whole of Africa can hear my voice. Many will go bankrupt where many are redeemed. We have been lied to too much. Jesus loves you. God loves you as he loves Jesus. Alright. Number two. If he can give you Jesus. He will give you all things along with him. Number three. There is no evil that can harm you. Get these three lessons together. Don't forget what I say to you. I haven't told you what I have not proved. 
I've taken some of you to the midst of them and they could do nothing. The word of God is true. Let's stand up together. Father, we thank you so much for this morning. The Bible says you send your word and heal your people. It delivers them from all their chains. The word that I've been sent out to thee, let it remain in the heart of man. Until it fully fulfill all that you have ordained for it. Lord, may you stir up our heart towards your love. So that we may respond to your love as you have loved us. May you help us, O God, to trust in you and believe your word. And walk in the belief of your word. So that you can rejoice over us. Father God, I pray not just for these ones, but for all your sins on earth. That in this time, the knowledge of God shall fill the heart of his saints. And they shall break loose from the chains and the snares and the, and, and the yoke of deceivers who have gone out in the church to deceive, to malign your word. Father, let the knowledge of the truth rise within all those who call on the name of the Lord. Have mercy, O God. And at this hour, I pray for Syria, Lord. Those children that were shown on television is not, is not, is not delightful at all. We will have been born there. But you did not allow us. Father, stretch your hand of mercy. Bring this insanity to an end. As you pass through Goshen, those who trouble this world, causing all the wars in those regions, pass through them, Lord. Bring peace to the innocent sufferers. In Jesus' anointed name we pray. Somebody say amen. Somebody say amen. Put your hands together for the Lord. Hallelujah. Take us this place. Before I, I dash out not to.